0: Please stand by, we'll be streaming live soon.
1: Good morning, for those of you in Brazil, I have some good news, I'll be teaching in Portuguese and the name of the website is dot br. and of course in that uh, website I'll be teaching, beginning with a series of two months on, prof- on, on prophetic, teaching on ensinando in profecia, o que é profecia e, e porque? And the reason why is because we are at a time and the time in the world today where everything is happening. And so I want to clarify a lot of things as to the pandemic and, uh, and what ha- what's happening to America per se. Let me get my coffee over here. And uh, today we we'll continue dealing with the prophetic. Amen? Go to John chapter 12, verses 1 through 8. I want to thank Kathy Fallon for the coffee. Kaylee, 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 Kaylee uh, brought the coffee for me this morning, and and Betty is here with us also, and and John, and Matt Follick. So we uh, we're continuing the teachings every morning at nine o'clock today. It's very special. Let me read it for you. Then Jesus, John twelve verse one through eight. Six days before the Passover came to Bethany. So let me give you a little clarity on events because it's important. Two months earlier. Ah Well, let me just uh, let me continue to read. Where Lazarus was, which had been dead, whom he raised from the dead. So Jesus six days before the Passover, came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, which had been dead, from whom he raised from the dead. And so, too much earlier, it is the resurrection of Lazarus. So you're talking about an event that too much earlier began to be overwhelming the little city of Jerusalem. The talk about resurrection was the talk of town. And we're not talking about few people. There were thousands. And I'll show it to you. There were thousands of people seeking Jesus. So the resurrection of Lazarus was a political event. In America, there's political events at all times. You know, a pandemic is a political event. But the resurrection of Lazarus was a spiritual event. It brought hate from the Jews and it brought hope to the disciples. So today we need to look at the prophetic in order to understand that. Because see, we want to apply that to our personal lives. I've been trying to disciple and to teach you and to share with you that a life lived in the prophetic it's worth living. Is the best way to live. Uh, uh, well, I have many examples, but our provision for this ministry has been a prophetic event. You're talking about 45 years uh, without uh, a salary. And God has provided, paid all the bills, expenses, even paid my house. And so I did have an income. But there's no saving money anywhere in this ministry, per se, but a special account to take care of the urgent needs in Brazil, that such as the feeding program increased. But we operate thousands and thousands of dollars, prophetically, that God will supply our needs. So these events are the last events in the earthly life of our Lord. And so before the death, and then the resurrection, and then the ascension, there's another resurrection two months earlier. In the event of the resurrection of Lazarus was the event that sealed in the hearts of the disciples, and in the hearts of all of those who were in Jerusalem at, at, at the, the, those, those two months. That there's something about this man that you need to find out. Because you see, Resurrection is what's all about that is why the Pharisees could not take resurrection, uh, the Sadducees would not accept resurrection, and the Pharisees would. but it's all about resurrection. In other words, if Jesus died and did not resurrect, then there's no eternal life for God so loved the world that He sent his only Son for whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And so, what we're here for, what we're doing for, is bringing salvation to humanity, to Christ Jesus, so so you'll be able to live eternally with Him, to worship Him in heaven. It's going to be awesome. So, one week before the Passover, six days before the Passover, I'm trying to get the chronology over here a little bit so you get it. So let me repeat what I've been saying in just a, just a couple of phrases. Two months before that, a week before the Passover, Lazarus resurrected and it fomented. It, it created a political event and a spiritual event that brought thousands of people to sin. I mean, because if Jesus could raise the dead, it simply means the Sanhedrin could not compete because he would be the king of the Jews. And if he was the king of the Jews, (laughs) the Romans would have to interfere. You know, we don't need no king down here. Rome is where the boss is, not in Jerusalem. Jesus is not the boss. Rome is the boss. So you understand. So, the prophetic here is important because God uses an event of resurrection to point toward the resurrection of Jesus and to bring the people to believe that the Son of God can resurrect Himself by the power of God. That's big. That's, that's big. To so the preparation of the Passover that he's talking about here. The Jews believed begun on Tuesday uh, to the sunset and then went into the sunset leading to Friday. And then the Sabbath would be the Passover celebration. And of course then the triumphal entrance in and the crucifixion on Sunday. There they made him a supper. Verse 2, chapter 12 of John, there they made him a supper. Is in Simon's Simon the leper, Matthew twenty six six. It wasn't in the house of Lazarus. It was in the house of Simon the leper. Why? I guess because by this time Lazarus is a political person. Lazarus is a big time news. Lazarus. Everybody wants to know the man that was dead and is alive. Wouldn't you? If something happened in Athens where somebody famous dies, and then you see him walking on the streets, you want to know, what happened? (laughs) Is he actually walking? And he says, And Martha served, but Lazarus was one of them who sat at the table with him. And so, and so, the same thing in Matthew 26, 6 and Mark fourteen three, It says the house of Tim, Tim the, the leper, uh, Simon the leper. So it, it is confirmed by Matthew and by, and by Mark that it was in the house of Simon. So in the last three months since the pandemic hit the United States, I've been talking about the prophetic. Matter of fact, I have over in my office a pile of notes, this thick, all, all on prophetic the month of march the month of april and now may i'm still on that and uh, and so the statements of this nature prophetically causes faith to increase this is what i wrote dealing with this area causes faith to move so i would explain this way living prophetically is faith on steroids. Living prophetically is faith that is active, powerful, energetic. You're not afraid of the future. You, uh, you're led. You're oriented by God. You, you're directed by the Lord. Last night somebody called me and told me, you stop wearing your mask. It's over. If you don't stop wearing your mask... Then uh, you are uh, actually uh, is spreading fear and anxiety and turmoil. So I, start, I think I think that was prophetically. To me, it simply said to me that the pandemic is over and we're moving on. You understand? So I don't know anyone whose increase in ministry in terms of the power of God in salvation, without living in the prophetic. I never met anyone who has a message, who works with people, people respond to them. Let me give you an example. Kathy went to Brazil. Kathy Fallon, our missionary, went to Brazil. And her ministry to Brazil was to start children's ministry. For 30 some years, we've tried to get the people of the community to listen to us through our feeding program. And we got some response. We used to have 5,000 meals. We're coming, we're moving up ahead now to about 150 a week, which is, which is it's very expensive, 150 meals a day. But something happened because she went in faith. And the children of the hills begin to come down. And now we have a ministry to children. And a ministry to the staff. And a ministry to the area. It's a wonderful thing. It was a prophetic movement. So let's take a look and see what happened next during this last visit of the Lord to Bethany. So Lazarus, one of them, meaning there were others, the disciples were with Jesus. They sat on the table with him. Of course, it's not a table full of chairs. They were sitting on the, on the floor on a pillow and there was a short little table who just the food was placed on. And you know, how do you do it? You don't have forks and knives. You pick up a piece of uh, bread, which is about the size of my hands. And it's called uh, peter bread. It's just flat. And you take a little piece. And you go down here, and down here, and down here, and you put it in your mouth. Meaning that there's, ch- there's chicken, there's beef, but totally different than how we eat. Every little dish, has a different color this is red this is white and there's one dish that has is made out of um, little balls what you call it chickpeas hummus and you pick up the bread and you go to the hummus and you put on your that's they ate with their hands with the help the bread helping. and so they were just eating it was not anything to do with forks and knives and cups At that particular place, Mary took a pound of ointment of spikenard. Now, this oil uh, was very expensive. We're talking about uh, one denary would pay for a day's wage. This was worth. $10,000 in 2003, 2003, would be $10,000. So, it was worth 300 denarii. Interesting enough, as you read Mark and Luke, she kept it for a long time. Now, the question I'm talking about, the prophetic. She kept it for a long time. Why did she keep the oil for a long time? Because inside of her mind, inside of her spirit, there was something there. That she wanted to do. She didn't know what to do, how to do it. But she, she waited. Then said one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, it's just telling who this, the one who would betrayed the Lord. Why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? Sinful motive often hides itself under the mask of reverence for another virtue. comes from my notes. Mr. Reynolds said that. This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the bag and bear what was put in. So what happens? She breaks the seal, the aroma of this very expensive made in made in India, imported, fills the whole room, and she pours it now some people say she poured it on her feet and then on her hair, and then washed Jesus' hair, <coughs> His feet with the hair. Mark says He poured it on His head, and his, his hair, meaning whatever the Lord the Mary did with this oil, it just in a sense was simply saying that He she is anointing Jesus for the burial. So the question is, how did she know was going to be a burial? What is it that she is hearing in her spirit about this oil? Why did she not sell it, but waited until the moment in which she would be in the presence of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords? Prophetically, the heart of Mary was able to see. Through her understanding and her faith, something she had to do, but she didn't know why. Have you been in a situation to where you feel like that? Some of you say, What is it about you, Rick? I've met you a long time, but I can't get rid of you. You know, I've tried all my best to get rid of you, Rick Bonfield, but I can't get rid of you. You just stick, like, sticking, like, 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 like hamburger meat on the ribs. You never you never disappear, Rick Bonson. The reason why is because prophetically, I have a place in your life, and the Lord revealed to me about your life, and about what I must do. I don't know what I must do. And that is why it's important, that if I have any prophetic ministry whatsoever, I'm on the agenda of God and not on my own. That is hard to do. I met a man in Brazil, he will never be the same again. I've told that story. I've told stories like that for the last, last 20, 30 years. I mean, every, everybody I meet in Brazil changed drastically. People just, this trip to Brazil doesn't stop, <coughs> it just keeps on going year after year. 45 years of Brazil ministry. Am I talking about Brazilian coffee? No. I'm talking about Rick's ministry of teaching? No. I'm talking about Betty's ministry of teaching? No. I'm talking about John's ministry of teaching? No. Is that God wants to do something in you through us that has been already decided to be done. I met this young pastor. Pastor. He got to Brazil. The first Bible study, I took him to kneel. And I prayed with him for 15 minutes. We took him to the bathroom. And, the, the, and I needed to say personal things to him that I didn't want anybody to hear. So I took him to the bathroom right next to five, ten, four feet from, from <laughs> closed the door. What are we doing? We need to kneel. There's a commode. So I opened the commode and, and I began to pray. Put my hands on his head and, and then suddenly I didn't smell so good. So I flushed. And this man began having deliverance and healing. Today he is one of, the, one of the great pastors in America. Now, since when a ministry to anybody else begins in the commode? And it was there. That's when we started the commode ministry. <laughs> now, tell me this. What type of ministry survived 45 years doing this type of thing to people? Because God is in it. It's not oriented. It's not done the same way all the time. It's done in different ways. It happens in a thousand ways. Mister Bumfim, I'm sick. I have uh, uh, what are you the the nuts? N- noodle lymph node cancer, lymphatic cancer, and I have six months to live. I- I've heard that story before. I've heard hundreds of stories like that. He goes under a little pew in an assembly of God church. And he's under it. His head is under. You know, he, he, instead of going to the altar, he knelt down there and got under. And he is crying out his heart. I mean, that broke my heart. The story ends with him living today. Now, how does this happen? Oh, you have an anointing of healing. Oh, I don't have no anointing of healing. Come on now. Oh, you, you have a, you, you just full of, oh, no, no, don't put on me now. I'm trying to stay away from ribs. (laughs) So, what happened? I just believed that taking him to Brazil and let God do something was faith enough for God to heal him. And he had faith enough to come in the presence of God. So, the prophetic is movement toward the will of God, even if it doesn't sound right, even if it's odd, even if it's out of order. Yeah. You see, our our order in the local church is totally out of order. Sometimes liturgy kills. I've seen churches dead because of liturgy. If we don't have an introit, we're gonna die. Do you know my father my father would begin the service sometimes? I used to do that and I haven't done it in quite a while. He got in the pulpit and says, Good morning. I'd like to invite those that are here this morning to come forward to receive Christ for the first time. As the music plays, I want to meet you at the altar for those of you who come to meet Christ. In a 5,000 auditorium, just three, four, six hundred people come forward for the first time in that auditorium to receive Christ. And it took two hours to deal with it. Now that, that, that is prophetic. She anoint Jesus for His burial. The anointed before death instead of after. He, he got the anointing before death instead of after death. In other words, when somebody dies, you anoint the body for burial. Before Jesus died, she anointed Him. now, Then said Jesus, let her alone, Simon, Judas, against the day of my burial has, has she kept this. For the poor always you have with you, but me you have not always. Let her alone. You know, I say to some of you pastors and ministers that seem to be rubbing off against that Spiritual faith that somehow edges and makes trouble sometimes. Let it alone. I'm speaking against those who belittle the little saints of God when they have a word to say. And they begin to diminish in a different way than you learn in seminary. Leave her alone. What she did was, she testified her belief in the resurrection. Let's go take a look at the clock again. Before the anointing of Mary to the body, the hair and the feet of Jesus with alabaster oil, two months earlier, there's an event of the resurrection of Lazarus from that moment Jerusalem was stirred look at verse 9 verse 9 of chapter 12 you know you, you don't read you don't read verse 9 lightly john 12:9 is prophetic much people what do you mean much people it can't be twenty or thirty or forty or a hundred, but about a thousand, two thousand, three. Much people of the Jews, therefore, knew that he was there. There where? In Bethany, in the house of Simon the leper, or the, or, or, or the home of Lazarus, you know, uh, the city where Lazarus lived. And they came not for Jesus' sake only, but that they might see Lazarus also whom he had raised from the dead. Not communicating with you? You're with me now? So, so now we're talking about a prophetic event that begun with the resurrection of Lazarus. See. You gotta get this word in your heart. The resurrection of Lazarus connected to the resurrection of Jesus, directly connected to your resurrection for the moment you die. And, and when you believe to believe in the resurrection, you don't care much about this life. You know, I'm doing the preparation that I need to do for ministry, and, and I'm 76 years old, I've got to do something. And I've done it already, almost 50% of it. But I have another fifty percent to do. Why am I doing this? So I don't get depend you know, on my children to pay anything. I want to make sure that I take care of it, you know, and do it right. But <laughs> the moment I drop, absent from the body, pooh, present with the Lord. See, I'll be taking an offering to pay the bills and help the ministry continue. You know, RBM will continue for for another 20 or 30 or 40 years. We're here to stay. Everybody in this ministry that's growing with us, that is being here and developing, we're here to stay. We're going to, oh hallelujah, we're going to cause a lot of trouble. So the visit to Bethlehem became a public knowledge. The Sanhedrin wanted to arrest Jesus, but the crowds prevented them to do anything. So I'm saying to you, the death of Lazarus was planned. It was planned. The Holy Spirit planned. Now notice what Jesus said about the death of Lazarus. This sickness is not unto death, but that the, the glory of God may be manifested in Him, the death of Lazarus was planned. Why? So you believe in eternity. You believe that in heaven there is a place for all of us, and we are going to heaven, we have a place in eternity, we are going to be with the angels of glory, we are going to see the praise and worship uh, uh, unended. There are 30 minutes in, in, in heaven of silent. I don't know how long, for a long but it's worship and praise night and day. You're going to see your loved ones, your mother, your grandmother, my father. I'm going to see my father literally, spiritually, Daniel Bonfim. I'm going to hug him. Mm, I can smell that little scent of Daniel Bonfim. I just love that, my father. He had a little sweat and uh and I'm gonna be see my mother a beautiful Dutch lady I'm gonna see everybody in my family my uncle frankly, oh we're gonna have a party, but I must keep my eye on eternity because in this earth everything is falling apart so. The crowds welcomed Jesus with shouts. Prophetically, all of this was predicted. Now, let's take a look at one event, which is the procession on Palm Sunday. And I wonder if somebody here could get a Bible and open in Zechariah nine. 9. And if you have any problem up to now that, that is not prophetically that I'm speaking of, then I, I want you to hear this verse. Prophet Zechariah, which is, uh, you know, uh, uh, a, a later prophet, a minor prophet in the Bible. His book is just uh, before Malachi. And then Zechariah next. Take a look. Zechariah 9
0: 9. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king comes unto you. He is just and having salvation. Lowly and riding upon an ass and upon a colt the fold of an ass.
1: Yes. Matthew called you king. Mark calls the servant. Luke called the just. The first coming, he's the Prince of Peace. The second coming, he's a mighty conqueror. Mountain of a war horse. These things are biblically, critically important for you to see Jesus as the servant. But you, as the Prince of Peace, but one of these days he's going to be on the war horse. The healing of the blind, the raising of the dead. Listen, I've been trying to tell you that the event was bigger than what we give allegiance to and we accept it biblically and and, and historically. But let me just emphasize one point that makes my point stronger so you'll be able to follow me and, and, and stay with me for just another minute. Look at uh, John twelve twenty. It's a verse that uh, is a part of all of this. And there were certain Greeks among them who came up to worship at the feast. Now, <laughs> this is before the crucifixion. And they, Greeks come to, from Greece. Don't tell me the Greeks come from Jerusalem. They come way across the sea, way on the other side. You've got to get on the Mediterranean and just do a straight line into Athens, Greece. Certain Greeks. The same came, therefore, to Philip. You know, what are the apostles? What has Philip been doing? Traveling all over the place. Which was a Bethsaida of Galilee and desire Him, saying to Philip, Sir, we would see Jesus. I want to be looking at the eye of this Greek man, asking one of the apostles, Sir, we would see Jesus. Where is He? Where is He? Please, point us. We like to see Him. Now, what does that mean? It means the power of the Holy Spirit, the saving power of God, began to save people from the moment that Jesus arrived in Capernaum from the lake of uh, from, the, from from the Jordan River where he was anointed with the Holy Spirit to preach the whole world sensed and knew that in the ground walking was the Son of the living God so I've been trying to teach you on the prophetic. I hope today you learned something about the prophetic from the moment when Lazarus was resurrected all the way when Jesus comes and, uh, and goes for the last time to the house of Lazarus. The Lord bless you. Thanks for tuning in.
0: Visit www.laterain.com for more teachings. See you next time. Thanks for tuning in. Visit www.latterain.com for more teachings. See you next time.